Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today is my one and only very warmed up co-host, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. That sounds weird. Very warmed up. Yeah, I was going to comment on that. She's been preheating at 3.50. (laughs) (laughs) Or we've been talking for an hour before recording this A whole hour? Yeah, a full hour. See, this is why the live show is good, because it's like the banter cast. You can just get all the nonsense ahead of time. It's longer, too, if you're into that sort of thing. Wow. We'll have to do that again sometime. Anyway, this is Boardcast News for June 30th. Thank you all for joining us. In case you don't know where to find us or you forgot, you can do so on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Find us on the BGG Guild number 2077. Or find us on places like Twitter or the Instagram. And I am officially in charge of both Instagram accounts now. So it's great. I'm posting so many pictures, Tiff. (laughs) Who was in charge of it before? Dan was doing uh, the Instagram and the Twitter, but the Twitter is just, it takes some attention. Yeah. It's a popular place. So now I'm running the Nonsensical Gamers Instagram and my own Cinnamon Buns Instagram. It's a lot of responsibility. That's my social media of choice. Kids these days. Yeah. No one really talks on there. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) You just double tap and keep flipping. I have like six pictures on my Instagram, so. I forgot you were on Instagram. (laughs) Yep. Most people do. Are you inept gamer? Uh, no. You don't even know. I don't know. Maybe not. It's the one social media I allow my students to follow me on because I don't post it. Because you don't use it? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can have my Instagram. That's cool. Enjoy the two pictures of my dogs. Oh, can you take a picture of the dog uh, stroller and put that up there? (laughs) All right. I feel like if we get every listener to like that picture, it will shoot to the top of Instagram. That'll be confusing for the world. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, in case you didn't know... This is Boardcast News. We are going to go through some news stories and some Kickstarter spotlights before wrapping up here. So without further ado, let's jump right in and talk about the news. All right, Tiff. Our first story is one just for you. The first of the three Spiel des Jahres awards has been given out, and it is the Kinderspiel des Jahres, which is the Children's Game of the Year, and it was awarded to Stone Age Junior from designer Marco Teubner, and I know this is just one of your favorite kids' games, right? Congratulations, kids. You should play this boring game. (laughs) We chatted about this game previously, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, I I bought it. I love Stone Age, and I was excited at the prospect of showing my kids a toned-down version of it. And it's... I can see if you had small kids. So it kind of depends. If you consider teenagers kids, maybe you don't, uh, then you're cool, but... You consider your dogs your kids, so would you let them play this? (laughs) My dogs would love to eat this game. (laughs) (laughs) And you would gladly let them. It might have some unnecessary vet trips involved if they did, but yeah. It's award-winning cardboard, Tiff. I don't know what... I guess I should sell it now, right? Now that it's a a winner i could probably get a pretty penny and you've got the version before the spieldus yaris seal will be put on it that's right so that's ups the value i was in on the ground floor of this crap (laughs) 
<laughs> well, if Stone Age Jr. doesn't excite you, how do you feel about Ticket to Ride being as you have, what, 400 games in your collection, maybe more? How, how are you feeling about Ticket to Ride, the family classic? Uh, definitely more, and I still love Ticket to Ride. Yeah, well, Days of Wonder has announced the newest Ticket to Ride, which is Ticket to Ride Rails and Sails, which is a standalone game that now includes ships and waterways. How are you feeling about that? I'm all about it because there's a Great Lakes map and kind of that's where I grew up is right off of the Great Lakes in good old Sandusky, Ohio. So I'm, I don't know. I like Ticket to Ride, like standalone versions of the games. I think that's kind of cool. Expansions. I don't own the original Ticket to Ride. Oh. I, I, I have the, <laughs> um, what is it? The big version. The 10th anniversary? Yeah, I, I finally got that, but that's oh. the only copy of base Ticket to Ride I have. I have the Nordic Countries, yeah. which is like especially for like two-player games or okay. smaller player counts. So I kind of like the idea of standalone games because sometimes if a game has too many expansions, I don't get into it. Yeah, yeah, well... Ticket to Ride certainly does. Yeah, and of course, I'm sure you're interested in the fact that the Great Lakes map is extraordinarily green. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is overly green. A lot easily green. my favorite color. This is a myth that we've been (laughs) perpetuating. (laughs) Well, the Ticket to Ride Rails and Sails will be a two-sided board. It has a world map on the other side uh, and Great Lakes on the flip. And the cool thing here in terms of like unique mechanisms is there's something to do where having to build harbors and you'll gain points for how many um, pathways you have moving into harbors and you need a specific cost for those. But what I was most interested in is that at the beginning of the game, you actually have to split your um, supply of trains and ships. You have to decide how many of each you want to get at the beginning of the game and you can exchange later if you need more trains or more ships but you have to pay a victory point penalty to do so so you actually have to weigh out at the beginning of the game what kind of routes you're going to be interested in yeah sounds cool i think i might be in on this one when it comes out do you feel like there's been too much ticket to ride are they still doing interesting enough stuff I think we did uh, last Gen Con where we sat down and played the Ticket to Ride. Pennsylvania, UK. That one. Thank you. I thought that was really cool, too. So I think they're doing enough with Ticket to Ride to make each expansion interesting. I've never sat down at a different... I've I've played a lot of expansions, even though I don't own the game. And every single one is, I think, different enough. And yeah, sell a bajillion Ticket to Rides, people, because (laughs) they're good. It's It's a solid game. You can't go wrong with them. Sounds good. All right, our next story is three new pre-orders up from our friends over at Stronghold Games. And the first one is The Pursuit of Happiness from designers David Chirkop and Adrian Abella. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness is a worker placement game where you start at the birth of your person, you or whoever you're playing as, and you actually work through this Euro-style game to build the best life possible. You get jobs, you get married, you go on trips, you do all kinds of stuff to have a fulfilling, exciting life. And uh, it's all based around this idea that it's the journey of life that is the most exciting. I've been meaning to check this one out. It looks interesting. I, I mean, I like the idea. We've had a lot of these life style games if you want to call them that like cv yeah cv um the one where you're trying to spend all your money last will that's what it is oh, some, right like these realistic games uh, there was the some of the relationship games uh, like and then we held hands and things like that there's a lot of these like personal 
like human experience kind of games and that, i think it's an interesting theme it's tapping into something that's instantly relatable so that's kind of cool the second of the pre-orders is the one and only Kraftwagen v6 which i can't do a german accent tiff like dan can yeah yeah uh we yeah. know all about Kraftwagen. uh this is the v6 expansion or new edition we've discussed this before uh, but the pre-order is officially up it's basically Kraftwagen, but you get the v6 add-on which gives you access to different types of cars the the v6 engines the third of the pre-orders up right now is city of spies Esteril 1942 by Gil d'Ore, and this is my new favorite designer name, Antonio Sousa Lara. It's a solid name. Yeah, it's a fancy name. I hope I said it right. But either way, Cities of Spies is a deck building game of sorts, uh, and it has to do with area control where you're trying to send, acquire new spies and send those spies out to control different points, uh, different locations, and across multiple rounds you're going to score the locations they're worth victory points and most points at the end of the game wins mechanisms sound fairly basic or at least fairly familiar uh but you know the spy theme the idea that you're trying to use your spies to control points in fun ways sounds like a cool game definitely one to check out i mean i think the one thing we always agree on is that stronghold is super diverse and very quick at getting their catalog expanded i mean they've already had a boatload of games come out and these ones are coming out in the next couple months the spy theme is always interesting we're starting to see more of that theme come out i think but area control plus deck building <laughs> i like that idea you would like that idea <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a mat game. The only way you could make this more mat is if it were somehow also abstract and two player. Well, we will get to a two player abstract spy game in the Kickstarter <laughs> section, <laughs> so I guess we'll just have to wait for that one. But yeah, could spies be the new Vikings? I don't know. I don't think they're that oh, hot yet. I thought I thought Sherlock was the new Vikings. Ah, there you go. All right. Yeah. Now that they have um, Sherlock and Mycroft, which is a set collection game that has nothing to do with Sherlock Holmes, they have they breached the walls of using a theme for the sake of the theme. Definitely. And uh, so there's one more game that Stronghold has in their midst. It's not a pre-order, but it is the micro expansion to Diamonds. It's called The Thief. And this is going to come out at Gen Con, and I didn't know they were doing Diamonds tournaments, but apparently they are, and the Thief micro-expansion will be mandatory for all, like, competitive play. Essentially, all it does is it changes how the club's action works, which Diamonds is that trick-taking game where if you play a card, the suit has a specific action. And the club action normally let, lets you steal from anybody. Now with the this little thief that goes around the board, you steal from the player who has the thief, and the thief will rotate every time you're stolen from. So I think it makes sense for competitive play because now you won't just willy-nilly kind of steal from whoever you want. It's a more systematic, planned-out way that you're going to be executing this, like, take that element of the game. So I kind of like that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I think I want this because I think that was one of the things that bothered my group about diamonds. Yeah, is that it's kind of mean sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'm just... This this takes a little bit out of that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's a good addition. It sounds like fun. Like I said, uh, it comes out of Gen Con, but the rules are actually up for it. So there's no reason why you couldn't play this way. You just need a marker. What is... Is the thief a cool, like, meeple guy? Like, what's the thief? It looks like it's like a little little thief. I guess he's like a... He's not like a meeple. I guess oh. he's a meeple. He's a token of sorts. But, is uh, he wooden? Is he a wooden s- I, I don't person know. <laughs> token? Matt... 
I've seen a picture of him, news. and I've seen the rules, but I haven't seen a physical token. All right. He looks like a little, like, sneaky French cartoon thief. But uh, a cool new way to play diamonds. I, I think that that'll be a welcome ex- uh, expansion. Our next news story is simply for you, Tiff. Star Trek Panic exists from Fireside Games. I knew that. Does anybody care? I care. Okay. I want it. Do you? <laughs> I've been keeping an eye out for it because I knew it was coming. I mean, I think we've had news about it before. And I, I, I like the idea of Star Trek being... I like Castle Panic. A lot of people like it poop on it but yeah. i think it's a fun game i have the dead i got dead panic for christmas like oh yeah last year i think yeah i still haven't played that but i'd be motivated to play star trek panic it's got a they had it at origins it has a i guess a voyager or something in the middle of the board a voyager did i get that right i don't i don't know oh, okay isn't that a I ship just, name that uh, voyager is a name of a ship yeah do you not you've never watched any kind of star trek i watched a lot of star trek when i was little because my dad was a big star trek guy but i never watched it consistently it was like one-off episodes i know i know a little bit about the world but you need to rediscover that it's a lot of good stuff i tried to start at the very beginning on netflix the original series that's a tough start unless you're like super into start with next gen i feel like that would make more sense i could not get into i watched the first episode that didn't even have uh it had the other dude as kirk it didn't have what's his face yet like the right. pilot episode and i was like yeah, i don't the pilot think episode I can, is weird i don't think i can do this, this it's kind of like trying to watch doctor who from the very beginning of doctor who that's a good point i tried that too and that failed don't do that <laughs> But I, I like Doctor Who, so. I do too, the but new don't ones. start at the beginning. Don't right. do that. All right, I'll All have right. to make it a task now that I have the summer off to watch good Star Trek. Yes. Suggestions are welcome. All right, next story is something that I would normally tell Dan to sleep through. I can tell you to sleep through, Tiff. Uh, Ashes Rise of the Phoenix Born has two new decks that have been uh, announced. They're being previewed over on PlatHatGames.com, and you can pre-order them. I put this in the news because I love this game, and I think that these are very cool uh, new expansions. It is a charm deck and an illusion deck. It's Leo Sun Shadow and Victoria Glassfire. They will have limited release at Gen Con and full release soon after that. So, you know, good on Ashes for, or good on Plaid Hat rather, for keeping up with their release schedule for their their content. You know, they're competing with the other LCGs, and I think that this is a good way to keep content flowing, keep people interested uh, when there's so many other card games out there. So check that out. And if anyone goes to Gen Con and wants to buy me some decks, Tiff, uh, that sounds great. So... (laughs) We'll consider it. Yeah. More interesting to both of us is that Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small, is finally coming to mobile. I'm super pumped about this. It's like one of my favorite games. Yeah, I know that when we talked about, you were playing, you were probably playing Lords of Waterdeep, but maybe you were playing like La Havre or something like something like that, and you were like, I wish All Creatures Big and Small were coming, and now it officially is. Yay. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I think it, it, you know, it's kind of a, as long as the system's not broken when it comes out, it's probably an instant buy for any mobile gamer. I Um, might even buy it even if it is known to be broken. I love all creatures being small. It's like the Agricola, the only Agricola that I'm like 100% all about that Agricola. (laughs) How do we get that on a t-shirt? All about that Agricola. I don't know if that needs to be a t-shirt, but yeah. Okay. All right. Our next story is, speaking of Gen Con, uh, the Gen Con preview is up on BGG. 
There are nine whole pages right now. I'm sure this will be expanding over the next month, but it is officially time to forget about Origins and get geared up for all the things. All the things you saw at Origins are now going to be released at Gen Con. I am not ready for this. I've just finally processed Origins and have returned back to my normal life. Now I got to start thinking about Gen Con. It's too much. I tried to look for tickets for Dice Tower Con, but that's all sold out. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, what we should do is plan to go together, like as the league or whatever. I, I, I've i been thinking about going to Dice Tower Con for a long time, but I never go because I'd have to like go by myself. Oh, no, I'll totally go with you. I just couldn't get a ticket. Yeah. I'll well, stand outside year... in my t-shirt. We can match. <laughs> <laughs> next year when the tickets go up, we should just do that. All right, deal. Everyone listening, let's all go to Dice Tower Con. So... <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so check out the Gen Con preview. Tiff, you'll be going. Dan will be going. It'll be a good time, uh, and I'm sure we'll have a preview episode soon. So stay tuned for that. Our last news story for the day before we get into some Kickstarter is that Space Cowboys, the beloved publisher of games like Splendor and Time Stories and Deus and and Elysium, they have a new imprint called Space Buddies which is adorable. This is a new imprint created to release lighter family-style games. They had previously released Crossing, which is a lightweight family game, and they recognized that putting the Space Cowboys title on it, or logo, probably would be misleading since they tend to release, you know, heavier midweight games. And uh, because of that, this Space Buddies imprint was born out of that and currently features Crossing and their new game Final Touch. Uh, there are no other games being announced right now under this imprint, but if you're looking for Space Cowboys, you know, quality and design, but in a more family-friendly party game, light game package, Space Buddies will be the logo to look for now. A low Splendor. Yeah, so they're using Splendor as their kind of cutoff for where, in terms of teaching. So if a game is easier to teach than Splendor, it would be a Space Buddies game which Splendor is not terribly difficult to teach. I was going to say, like, how many games are they planning to put out that are easier than Splendor? They must have something in mind. Be interesting to find out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's actually a full interview over on Asmodee if you wanted to read more about Space Buddies. But, you know, what I said was pretty much a summation of that. So check that out. All right, so those are the news stories for this episode. Let's go ahead and transition into Kickstarter. We have two projects that I want to chat in depth about, and I have a couple other projects that some conversation may get spurred out of. But let's go ahead and first talk about Fugitive. So Fugitive is a game from Tim Fowers, and he previously self-published Paperback, the spelling deck building game, and most recently Burgle Bros, which is the cooperative heist game. And actually from that project, people were asking for more Burgle Bros kind of stuff. And he came up with this two-player asymmetric card game called Fugitive. And this project will be funding, finished funding on July 9th. It has fully funded really well, actually. And it only costs you 18 bucks to get. Now, the reason for that is that it's a small pl- small box two-player card game where you're using a deck of sequential cards from 1 to 42, and you're trying to, depending on which side you're playing, you're either trying to escape as the fugitive or you're trying to catch the fugitive if you're the detective. Um, it's interesting. It's got a little bit of bluffing. It's got a little bit of deception. You're essentially laying numbered cards face down and you're laying them in sequence. You can lay a card, a new card, if it's within three of the previous card, 
but it, you can lay a higher card if you discard cards to pay off. That was a little confusing. There's a good video on the Kickstarter page if you want to you know, see it in action, which is what I needed because reading the rules didn't really tell me. But essentially, you're bluffing and laying down cards, and there's a system for deducing where the guy might be or the girl might be, and you hunt them down. So it looks cool. I like it. I'm going to be backing it. I, I think I'm going to be backing it too, actually. I managed to stay away from Kickstarter most of the time, except for when you send me the show notes for the sport <laughs> game news episodes. And then I'm like, I need to buy all the things. So this is, I it, it looks fun. I always worry about a 10 minute game. Like how many times am I going to want to play a 10 minute game? Does it really, do I really need to spend $18 on this? But it looks interesting. And I've been kind of into deduction things. I really in, enjoyed my Beyond Baker Street and I've been playing that pretty much nonstop since Origins. So this yep. kind of looks like a, a two-player version of that, or not version of that, but a, in that same genre at least. And I watched all the videos. They, I think they did a really good job on this Kickstarter. And the cool thing is that you could actually try playing this because you just need numbered cards to play it. Exactly. It really. I mean, I'm not one for print and plays, but yeah. But you could use your deck from the game or, you know, if you already have numbered cards, yep. you could use those and try it out. And I think I might do that. That's actually not a bad idea. I didn't think about that at all. And it's, it's probably... It's not my idea. Oh, okay. Well, it's a better game than the game, I'm sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the cool thing about this week uh, in terms of Kickstarter is that a lot of these projects are pretty cheap. And in my mind, like 18 bucks, especially because this game is from a designer that I enjoy. I have Tim Fowers' other games, and I enjoy them. I like the project is done well. I know that he's going to deliver on time. It's got great artwork. It's got a great kind of theme with this fugitive, you know, cat and mouse kind of thing going. So I think that 18 bucks is icing on the cake in terms of if you like two-player games, if you like deduction, it's, it's not a big investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to get something quality for sure. I like the artwork i watched the whole playthrough from beginning to end and i was like sitting there riveted to like who is he gonna catch him i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so i mean the fact that i can watch usually i click off of a gameplay video within 30 seconds so yeah. it was kind of it's good enough that i wanted to see how it turned out so yeah i'll probably back it good yeah. good catch excellent so that is fugitive from tim fowers ending on july 9th all right our next project is called planetarium and Planetarium is from Game Salute, which is something to talk about in its own. Uh, it will be ending on July 7th. It has funded, and it costs $29 to get it to your doorstep. And this is a game that I stumbled across. I was putzing around on Kickstarter on the six-hour drive home from Origins, and the artwork is what grabbed me. Um, it was a featured project by Kickstarter, so it is kind of they're, they've got it on their front page, but the the images that they're using to promote the game are really stunning. It's a sci-fi or space-style game. It's not really science fiction. It's space, so planets and stars and things like that. And basically what it is is think lightweight family game. You have a circular board, a sun in the middle, and a bunch of orbits on the outside, and the orbits all have multiple spaces on them. All the spaces get filled with elements and planets, and on your turn, you move these tokens clockwise around the orbits in different ways, depending on what you want to do. And as you move them, you collect the elements and you 
um, have cards, which are basically contracts. You know, they call them other things, but it's contract fulfillment. You use the elements that you collect to fulfill the contracts, and you're actually developing the planets thematically. Like, you're impacting the planets in fun different ways. So, it's got the... I like this circular movement. It seems pretty light. It's only 45 minutes budgeted time. Seems like it would be about that. The contract fulfillment is simplistic, but it seems like it works from everything that I've read and, and watched. I just found this game to be really cool looking. Um, and for 30 bucks, it's kind of a, a home run in my mind. Yeah, the only thing that's not a home run is Game Salute, but... Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that because I haven't seen them doing projects recently. Yeah, maybe they learned a lesson from all the, the negative attention that they got, and some of their projects that I backed did take a while, but when they turned up, they were good quality and, and what I expected and all of that. So, I mean, maybe it's going to be okay. This artwork is amazing. As, in as much as Fugitive is a mat game, this is a TIFF game. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty into the whole space thing. And I, I really like this whole idea of, you know, orbiting things around and having them collide and coll it's set collection kind of a deal. And, you know, you're playing you're, the planets around the board, you're playing these cards on, and you're essentially creating four unique worlds by the end of the game. You're getting points for playing all those cards. That's just like a cool extra bonus of playing the game that you're creating these things. So I don't know. I think it for the artwork alone, I'm I'm pretty sold on it. The, the only thing that I'd be held back for is that it's Game Salute, but it's not ridiculously overfunded. I mean, it's overfunded, but it's not like $12 million overfunded or anything like that. And, um, you know, it doesn't have a crazy amount of backers. So I'm sure they'll be able to get this one out. Yeah, on I would time. hope so. The projection is March 2017, which I think is a... Realistic. Seems conservative, yeah. Um, the game, it's got a board, it's got a few, you know, three decks of cards, and it's got some chits, but really, there's it's not a huge minis production, it's not an over overly large production, they're not giving away a lot of stretch goals, so it seems like any other project from anybody else, I would back this without hesitation. The game salute name makes me hesitate, but it seems like it would be okay. I don't right. Know. Well, and oh God, it's just hitting all those things that I look for. Like, it looks like it'd be easy to teach. I mean, like you could do it in a few minutes and, or at least get started with playing in a few minutes and it's 45 minute time. So that's perfect for board game club. It's space and oh God, I love the artwork. It's so good. Yeah. Go to the Kickstarter page, <laughs> scroll down a little bit. I have been staring at the giant impact high evolution card. That's just, the one I like. It's, it's amazing. Who's this artist? We should probably mention their name. They deserve recognition. And if they want to make me a wall poster, I accept that. Or like a playmat. This person needs to make playmats. They should make playmats. Graphics were Dan May. Illustration was Greg May. Oh, those May guys know what they're doing. Because this do. looks amazing. It has good graphic design. It's very functional. And uh, it's got some really nice artwork. So, so pretty impressed with this game. I think, it, I think it's probably a winner, though. I think the Planetarium is something to check out, particularly if you like lightweight. It's not like a Euro game, but it's contract fulfillment, if you like that those kind of mechanics, and some really good artwork. Planetarium. It's a family game that doesn't look like a family game, though. Exactly. <laughs> so it will be ending on July 7th, 30 bucks. Go check it out. All right, Tiff, let's talk about some quick mentions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention them, and if we want to talk about them more, we can. The first project I have is Overseers. Now, you are not a big drafting trick-taking person no 
now. So this game is by Gonzalo Aguirre BC, which is another great name. Ending on July 21st, it has funded, and another game that only costs 19 bucks, a little uh, three to six player card game. It's got some drafting and bluffing elements. I really like the theme. It's got kind of a um, Eastern Asian inspired theme that it, mysticism and things like that. Um, it's already hit some stretch goals to get some component upgrades that look really nice. Uh, I like the artwork and the gameplay scene. I don't I don't know too too much about it, but it has to do with this gathering cards and then playing some cards out face up and face down and in secret and you're trying to bluff your way to you don't want people to know how many points you have because they can steal your points if you're in the lead so you have to kind of bluff your way to act like you're not doing as well as you are so it seems pretty cool i another one that i might end up backing just because of the price um, and the whole quality of the project looks pretty nice so another one to check out ending on july 21st our second quick mention which we may need to chat a little bit more about, is Yokohama Deluxe, Tiff. Coming from Tasty Minstrel, this is a port from a Japanese publisher and the designer Hisashi Hayashi. It's ending on July 16th. It has funded. Now, this is the this was one of the like Euro hits of Origins because it was there to play. 45 bucks for the basic version, 60 bucks for the deluxe that gets you metal coins and upgraded wooden components. This is worker placement and like Istanbul-like tile placement and movement. You got to play it, Tiff, and we were wondering, it would depend on the price if you guys were going to back it. So how do you feel about this? I still don't know how to feel about it because it wasn't a bad game and the busyness of the board has is going to be somewhat remedied because Adam McIver redid some of the graphic design so you can look on the project to see the differences but essentially instead of showing like just a, a massive amount of like token symbols on the board it just says one times this symbol so that makes it easier to look at and I, I would have to see like a whole board set up to really understand how that affects your ability to uh process in the game because that's where I was like okay I don't even want to think about this anymore I'm just doing something else and <laughs> which is probably a bad thing to have happen to you in a game if you're going to back this I would give you the advice that you should back the deluxe version for the upgraded components not just because they look pretty but when you're putting those tokens on the board it's real easy to forget that they're there um, when they're just a flat cardboard chit. And in fact, I'm sure that I missed out on a couple of things because I forgot about my tokens that were on the board. So having the wooden ones definitely will help with visibility and just kind of reminding you what you've already done. Because the it's, I mean, we talked about it on the, the last show that it's just, it's a big board. It takes up a lot of space and there's a lot of information that you have to be looking at when you're planning your route through the board, uh, Istanbul style. But if you like Istanbul and you want Istanbul to be a a little bit heavier, a little bit more complex, you should back this game. I don't know that I need that, so I don't think I'm going to. It does look better, though. I will say the graphic design definitely will help. Yeah. I don't know if it will fix it, but it will definitely help. Interesting. I'm excited to, to check it out. I don't know if I'm going to back it. I like that they have the deluxe and the basic version. Uh, it's interesting for you to say that there's actually some functionality to those improved components. That's kind of good to know. And I guess to, if I'm going to be the Dan of the podcast, you can always resell it for more, right? If it's if it's <laughs> the deluxe Dan's version, thing. Uh, right? I'm sure if you're not going to back it, you could convince Dan to back it and then sell it immediately. I, I'm sure he already has. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this 
this game is up there. There's a lot of buzz around this right now, so it's pretty easy to find some perspectives. A lot of people got to play it, are playing it. Yeah, a lot of people I know liked it. So I, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just, I had a hard time for myself dealing with all the visual things on the board, but it seems like a lot of that is better now. Yeah, so. yeah. And yeah. the projected date is March 2017. So again, you're waiting a little while, but that's a, a fair estimate for getting this game produced. And I don't think TMG has had too much issue with delivering on time, as far as I no. know. Uh, so, yeah, a project to check out. It'll be ending on July 16th, and 45 bucks or 60 bucks gets you Yokohama. We got a couple more projects to chat about. Our next one is an awesome little game, as Jason Katarski would say, from Green Couch Games, Rocky Road a la Mode. A friend of the show, Jason Katarski, and his company are putting out other friend of the show, Joshua A. Mills game. <laughs> it's a contract fulfillment game uh, about, you know, ice cream and beating the summertime heat. And it has the most ridiculous Kickstarter video I've watched in a long time. I don't know if you watched the main video, Tiff, but... You, you know what's the sad part is I haven't watched any of the video stuff for this game because it was an Instaback for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, obviously because it's friends, but I've had a lot of success with Jason's game, you know, uh, the Green Couch Games with Board Game Club. They love the look of these games and the artwork that he's putting out is super appealing and kid-friendly. So I didn't even think about watching the video, but now I'll go back. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's not all that functional, honestly. Like, I mean, Jason gives a small pitch, but it's he clearly had some fun with it. So I would go watch the video if you enjoy goofy Kickstarter videos. Uh, the There's actually a really good walkthrough video by Josh Mills, the designer of the game, if you want to see how the game plays. But basically, it's multi-use cards where the cards can be used as music to draw customers basically the level of music on the card is how many spaces you advance on the time track you then use that card as the customers which are your contracts they want either uh, scoops of ice cream push pops or popsicles you can also use the cards in your hand instead of using them that way you can actually on your turn use them to fulfill the contracts that those people want so using those scores you the card and actually gives you a bonus, either victory points or a static symbol on the card that would help you fill more contracts. So it's a production cycle where you're trying to build your little engine uh, using the multi-use cards. And it has that Takedo-like track where if you're in the back of the line, it's your turn. And once you move to the front, it's no longer your turn until you're in the back of the line again. So interesting time mechanism, nice multi-use cards in a really compact package, which is kind of what Green Couch does. And it's got, this was Adam McIver as well, right, Tiff? Yeah, I think so. So it's got the great, it's got super vibrant, um, really nice artwork. It looks really cool. It, it reminds me of Yeti Mountain, which was also Adam McIver and Green Couch. So it's really in your face um, in, a, in a good way. You know, it stands out on the shelf. So I really like this project. I have not yet hit the button, but 19 bucks for a friend's game, for a good multi-use card game, I think it's a steal. Uh, have you played, Tiff, the Rocky Road Dice Cream game? No. Because that is the the bonus. If you pledge at 25 bucks, you get a dice game. I'm getting it, so <laughs> I, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. If it's coming from Green Couch, and I mean, Josh is a super creative dude, so I'm sure that those guys together equal nothing but good. I played Rocky Road at 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 origins and i think it'll be perfect for the board game club and for anyone really because it's just like a simple sit down and play kind of game but 
and they unlocked the little ice cream truck meeples. So yes, why wouldn't you back? So our last project to round out the show is I I kind of I didn't know how you'd feel about this Tiff. It's Jutaku, and this is from Dark Flight and Jordan Draper ending on July 18th it has funded and it's 30 bucks to get this game essentially this is it's another one of those games with like small production uh laser cut laser etched pieces so it's got that it's there's a certain design there's a aesthetic value that comes with like these plain laser etched pieces so it's very abstract looking but it's a real-time spatial reasoning and dexterity game where basically you have cards that are little blueprints and you have a big pile of pieces in the middle and when everyone says go you have to build in that blueprint and what you're doing is each one is worth a certain number of points which is money in the game and you have to have a the card tells you how many floors you have to have how many tiers and how many spaces you have to use and you try to do that the fastest you can and there's actually a little movement aspect where the cards are set up the contracts are set up in a board fashion and you have to pick them in order so you can strategically kind of grab your next contract for the game i thought it actually looked pretty interesting and it's a very small project it only needed 760 bucks it's got a little over 800 so it 27 backers this is not a huge production so this is like your uh your sleeper hipster pick tiff yeah good job uh finding another one that sparks my interest i here's here's the deal it's real time that's the only thing that scares me is real time is super hit or miss for me sometimes i really like it like in escape curse of the temple sometimes i super hate it pretty much every other game um <laughs> So, I don't know. I, I I love games like this because this is why Kickstarter is here for, for people to, to get projects like this made. So, that alone makes me want to put my money there instead of with... Yokohama. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is Yokohama it does not need my money. There are plenty of people backing that project. And I always feel that way when I look at something like this where, you know... It's barely funded. It only has 27 backers. And I, I don't know. I, I like it. It's creative. Just the idea of having some strategy and picking which blueprints you have. And it does have a good aesthetic, a really plain aesthetic. I dig it. I don't know if I'll back it. I'm considering it. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. But it seems like a good idea. Yeah. The pieces are really small. So if you're like, if you have big hands or you're clumsy, it might not be the game for you. <laughs> or you have children that will eat them. Or dogs. Uh, I mean, the pieces are like, if you look at the demo video, the pieces are tiny. Yeah. But, you know, this one stood out. I, I think that it, I watched the playthrough video. It seems to work. The game is functional from what I can tell. And it's, it's not, it's not overly like inventive. I think that it's innovative and it, it's neat. But, you know, it's not something super new, but this is a small box game from a small publisher. You know, if you like to use Kickstarter for those reasons, then I think that this is pretty cool. And, you know, I like real-time dexterity. I think that that can be fun if if done right, and this looks pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was neat. And, you know, I basically do the Kickstarter spotlight for you, Tiff, is so that you can find all kinds of new things. So I knew this would hit in your wheelhouse. Now that I'm broke, because I've backed 20 Kickstarter projects thanks to Matt... <laughs> We can say goodbye. <laughs> exactly. So check out Jutaku ending July 18th. 30 bucks gets you the game. And yes, that does in fact wrap up this episode of Boardcast News and the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. So thank you all for joining us. 
If you forgot from 20 minutes ago when I did this again, you can find us on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Uh, find us on BGG, guild number 2077. Ask for some geek gold to get a tiny meeple shield or, you know, just chat with us about what you've been playing. Find me and only me on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> at both Instagram accounts. I guess you can find Tiff if she does, in fact, post a picture of her dog in a stroller because that would be amazing. I would tell you what my Instagram handle is if I knew it. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll, we'll get Tiff's Twitter handle, and then you can find her on Instagram via that. Uh, but before that, if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the content that we make, if you have any suggestions for what we do here, places like iTunes, Google Play Store, and Stitcher, leave a nice review there. Uh, some stars, uh, one to five, or whatever they use on the other non-iOS-based things. Uh, leave some comments if you like. We have roughly 20, I think, reviews, which is, I don't know, that's not a huge amount, but I enjoy every single one of them, and people seem to be enjoying the show, so feel free to leave us some reviews. We appreciate it. Helps the show get noticed. Helps us, you know, change things if we need to. Don't be afraid to tell us what we're doing wrong. Me, don't, specifically. Don't tell me. Tell Matt. Yeah, me. <laughs> don't be afraid to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tiff is an angel. <laughs> perfect if you want to find tiff and tell her how perfect she is on this this here show or find out what in the world we talk about before the show even starts for a whole hour you can find her at i'm at inept gamer on twitter and i was also gonna say check out the league's youtube channel we're trying to get some content yes. on there i have i've been posting my individual um board of education segments in case you haven't heard i do a thing on board game blender about games for your board game club games for your teenage type children so i've been putting those up there separately so maybe if you can't watch the whole entire long video you could check these out and uh yeah so go there and i might have something new soon maybe yeah if you want to see tiff standing in a dark room like she's on a reality show uh i got that check out going too <laughs> Something for everyone. Yes. If you want to find Dan out in the world, you can find him on Twitter using at League Nonsense, which is the league's handle, or you can find him at Scandalous underscore Nad if you want to talk about sports and get personal with him. You can find me at Cinnamon Buns, spelled phonetically, and I absolutely refuse to change my handle, so you can keep the tweets coming, but I'm not changing it. Way to stick to your guns. All your Twitter characters belong to me. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all for joining us stay tuned for next week where we will have another full-on episode tiff say goodbye goodbye bye, bye.